Thank you for joining the Westview Review Crew on another episode, the finale episode of We Watch WandaVision. We, of course, are here to talk about the show that everybody is crazy about, and it's finale. Unfortunately, guys, we're not going to be seeing too much more of each other, at least as it relates to Westview, because this series has come to a close. I miss it already, Sean. Me too, man. Yeah, me too. Uh, Here to speak about this finale episode is my ever-present neighbor and co-host, Pete. Fuck, it took us that long to come up with that bit? Shit! (laughs) (laughs) I'm just glad you didn't shout out Jersey. Uh, Also joining us... Bruce Springsteen! (laughs) Pete's basement-dwelling roommate, Phil. That's right. Love living in the basement. I get all the scraps. He lives in the man cave, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, the the person who lives on our uh, across the street from us and always tries to one-up everyone during the holiday celebration decorations, Marco. Yo, did you guys see I just timed it to music? Yo, (laughs) real talk, if Marco ever owns a house, he's going to 500% be one of those Christmas light dads. Like, that's 100% a thing I could see him getting weirdly into. I'm right outside outside on the windows. Like, 99.7 hertz. That's the tune in. That's it. (laughs) I'm just imagining you, like, timing the lights to, like, a really, like, avant-garde jazz piece and a weird time signature and stuff, too. So it's, like, very complex. Oh, see, I... I'm expecting like a soundtrack to go with it that's like heavy metal electro as well, just like <laughs> with the lights flashing on. Yeah, I could dig that. Sounds sick. <laughs> Marco, you've got a challenge for your later life. That's uh, that's the first thing that's going up in the house. And of course, the smart, capable, intelligent, helpful neighbor who unfortunately happens to be tethered to. Someone who we don't all think of as favorably, <laughs> just yikes! Yikes! I, I mean, kidding. I thought you were gonna go with uh, the neighbor who seems nice on the surface, but is actually lit up like a witch. So who knows? It's just well, Jess. Now that you put that out there, <laughs> when when Pete and I host parties, we're like, "Oh, you want to invite Jess?" And they're like, "Oh, she has to bring kale, though." Uh, <laughs> what a exactly. trade-off. Maybe we shouldn't invite them. <laughs> And that's a real thing that does happen, not mm-hmm. necessarily with them, but uh, it is a consideration that you sometimes have to make. And uh, I feel like in Westview, it comes up. Wait, wait, so, wait. So since we're in Westview, yeah. does that mean Kale's in his bedroom asleep now? Do I, do we have to write him into a storyline again for him to be allowed He's, back no, out? You know what? He can be one of the, the kids that Wanda apparently locks in their rooms. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Just <laughs> school's out, you know? <laughs> So there's so much to talk about with this finale episode. Just before we get into it, I do want to let you guys know if you've enjoyed this ride with us so far, uh, this is the kind of thing you can expect from our from our brand. Uh, every week we put out a podcast called The Comics Pals where we discuss the happenings in comics, film, television. If it relates to comic book characters, we're on top of it. And we thank you guys for joining us uh, for those things. And for WandaVision. So uh, stick by us. We do reviews, comic book reviews, movie reviews, all that jazz. Uh, so follow us on social at the Comics Pals. You can write in at the Comics Pals if you want to chat. 
Uh, if you're on YouTube, you can do the same. But while you're there, subscribe to our channel, like the video, and share it with your friends. And if you really want the full experience, you can join our Discord server where in the TV party section right this minute, you cannot read a single thing <laughs> because everything is blacked out because we respect spoilers over here. Speaking of spoilers, we are going to be doing full spoilers for this conversation. If you have not watched WandaVision and you care, go watch it first. Do yourself a favor. You don't we'll wait. Spoiled. We'll wait. And join us back later, you know? Well, we're waiting. So mm-hmm. we're frozen right now because they're because they're gone. We don't basically exist. And there are tears right now streaming down Marco's eyes because he can do nothing until the listener returns. I don't feel so good, Mr. Bartley. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he wouldn't be my Spider-Man. <laughs> uh, I mean, you're, you're, you're Peter. You're literally That's named true. Peter. <laughs> Marco's like the plucky, youthful one with the like optimism, though, you know? <laughs> Would would but okay, but but would Mar- would Peter Parker ever utter a phrase like acceptable loss? No. <laughs> Ned leads I, though. <laughs> I rest my case. So this episode uh was was built up certainly um by by us, by the fans, and it and it has a lot it has had a lot riding on it. Um and a lot to, to tie together. There are a lot of loose ends that the show had to tie together in this episode and resolve a lot of storylines for tons of different characters. So, um, of course, the focus is squarely on the Scarlet Witch, who was christened such last week by uh, Agatha Harkness. And now joining the fray was the new vision, the white vision, uh, who, of course, wants Vision and Wanda dead. So episode eight set the stage for this epic battle that certainly resolved here. How do you guys feel about this episode as a resolution to everything that has come before? So I said last week when you asked kind of what we wanted to get out of the episode that <clears throat> I wasn't really looking for anything in particular to happen as long as it landed the plane um, and it it gave us resolution on most of the things that it had set up. And I think for me, it did all of those things. I don't think it did anything beyond that. Um, so some of the disappointment that I've seen around it, I think I get, but I don't share. Um, because for me, my expectations were like exactly met. Um, and that's really all I needed. Yeah, I think it wrapped it up really nicely for me in a way that um, was was just really entertaining. Like, sure, at the end was you know the the big battle, but it was fun and and it, there was a lot of uh, heart in the the more tender moments. And I definitely appreciate I, I appreciate the whole of the episode as a capstone for the series, which started out to be really um, at least for me inventive in, in its presentation um and yeah yeah i agree with pete actually like i think i i went into the finale not expecting it to be very kind of open and loads of no new doors and i i think i i did expect them to kind of just stick to what they already had and to solve some things which 
they did. I I also I did really enjoyed it and I enjoyed the whole series and I think this this worked well with the pace of the series that it didn't throw us loads of new things at the end. It just kind of it wrapped up as a sitcom would. I sort of feel like like it didn't answer everything, but it gave us you know a, a pretty decent start to everything. Yeah. Where you at, Phil? You know. What is a comics pals discussion if it's not Phil's opinions persevering? Uh, credit to me for kind of calling the resolution of the last episode last week. So, did, what yeah. did you say? I said that she wouldn't be able to keep uh, Vision or the kids, and that there's a good chance that the White Vision would somehow merge with the uh, the. WandaVision vision. I remember you. This isn't exactly what happened, but it was close enough. But you, you did, you did specifically say that you felt as though she would lose those things, and that her character growth would come from finding acceptance in that and moving on and finding a new path forward. And I think that mm-hmm. is very much what happened. I think you nailed that. Part is it? Of it. I think path so. forward is the, the end of the ser- the end of the episode gave you that impression, like the uh, the the. The end credit scene? The post-credit post scene? The last one? Yeah. Yeah, it gave me the impression that she has a new path. That she moved on? Oh, I didn't say that. You said that she would... She would. Didn't you say she would, like, l- like, let that go? Well, Phil said that she would lose those things and then move forward with a new purpose, and I'm saying I think that she is moving forward with a new purpose. I wouldn't say she got over anything, really. But <laughs> I think she, she has a new goal to work towards is, is more what I'm trying to say. Okay. And as for how I felt about it, it was fine. I feel like I've been pretty consistent every episode I've have, I have felt is it's been fine. This was fine. Um, yeah, I, I, so I'm going to review this on this episode from two different perspectives. Um, one of them is the perspective of somebody who just watched the show. And divorced from any type of, um, you know, theories or speculation or anything like that. But the other will be from the perspective of someone who did try to utilize the hints and things that were in the episodes to piece together uh, what we could expect and how I feel from that end. And I think um, from the end of someone who just who just watched the show, um, I think that the finale serviced well in a lot of ways, Scarlet Witch and Vision. Um, and I think, and, and, and Agatha Harkness uh, in a lot of ways, but I think it did so to the detriment of basically every other character, mm-hmm. uh, which I did find kind of frustrating because I enjoyed a lot uh, um, uh, Darcy and Jimmy Woo and hugely Monica Rambeau, who mm. I felt was sidelined here. Um, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, I found that to be frustrating um, because I, I thought that I thought that that they had something a little more for her to do in the finale, given how much emphasis was put on her throughout the series she was certainly a supporting character but it also felt like they were trying to solidify her as a character that you would really care about going forward and i think they did that but not to a not not there was no narrative conclusion for her 
with this episode. Yeah, and I think I was kind of expecting that, but <clears throat> I did kind of walk away from it feeling like eh, maybe this is it's kind of like the introduction of um of like Spider-Man and Black Panther in Civil War where it was more about like telling us as viewers who Monica is and and why she's a person that we would like and want to root for and follow on her own adventures or you know as part of other people's or whatever um without really like without really having that endpoint i guess right without really like like she has an arc but it's not really like a full cer- like it doesn't feel complete you know it feels like we're kind of at the end of the beginning of her arc you know what i mean yeah, yeah. yeah. which is i in a, in a in a movie this would be end of first act continued yes right exactly continue to the rest of it on the on the darcy thing that throwaway line too that monica was it monica or was it someone else that's just like oh yeah darcy says debriefings are for nerds and it's like oh then she's gone okay great and i sort of felt like that drew attention to it even more like that they had to say that that she wasn't there and i was like oh yeah, I don't know okay. why you wouldn't just have her like have one line like yeah, the way or that... even just in the background. Like... Yeah, like cause... and I sort of wonder if maybe it was um, Kat Dennings' schedule or something that she just wasn't there. And they were like, oh, no, she doesn't like debriefings. Well, what I read I was, was, like, what? What, what I read was that uh, this was due to COVID, that uh, this episode oh. fell oh. under the period where like a lot of this was filmed already, but some of it wasn't. And when they had to go back, uh, they couldn't get everyone. And so she unfortunately was not available. So they couldn't finish her story. That makes total sense. And it's like, it's whatever, right? Like it's not, I I agree that it felt awkward, but it's like not a huge loss, not having her have more of a presence in this episode. Um, I was totally unfazed by it. I, I will say though I I kind of agree with what Sean said um, about like about Monica, but also I think just in general about the supporting cast. There's a really good supporting cast I think in this show, um, and I wish that this episode had potentially um, played into the fan theory that it was going to be a longer episode because it was the finale. Like I think it probably could have done with like another maybe like ten minutes or f- even five just to give some of the other um, supporting players, like just more of a moment in this, in the sun. Um, Cause like the stuff that Jimmy Woo got to do, I liked like, it was like very short lived, but it was like, Oh, like he seems cool. Like this moment put him over and you're like, yeah, Jimmy's a cool character. And like, that's all he needs to do in that finale. But like he plays a big role. He does a hell of a lot more than Monica does. Right. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. He, he gets a moment where he gets to feel like, yeah, like, this guy's cool. He's he's a G. Whereas, like, Monica's entire thing is just, like, she's stuck in a room for the whole episode. And then she gets to, like, show up at the end and, like, have a conversation with Wanda where it's like, we're friends now, right? Yeah, we're friends now. I'll see you in another movie later. And it's like, all right, whatever. Well, like, <laughs> I, I've, and I've got to say, like, so we watched that and it finished. And then it goes back to the Disney Plus homepage, which is advertising Winter Soldier and Falcon. And I was just like, oh, I don't want that. I just want a Monica and Wanda show, just being friends and figuring out their powers. Like, that's what I want. And I really wish we could have had a little bit more of Monica. I, she's so great. Did you get the impression that she's going to show up in the Secret Wars show now? Because that's kind of the vibe I'm getting. I think it could Wait, be. 
everything and anything. Or not, is it not Secret Wars? What's the show that's Secret Nick Fury? Invasion. Secret Invasion, that one. Yeah. Um, that's the vibe I got, right? Is like she's going to make an appearance in that now. It, did anyone else think it was kind of bizarre at the end where you do have Monica and like this whole town is like furious with her, with, with, with Wanda and like are certainly going to be suffering from PTSD caused by Wanda and everyone's just like, ah, Wanda, you little scamp, run off. <laughs> like, well, where are the ramifications for what she did? Like the FBI absolutely should have taken her into custody. I mean, how for... though, I think is the thing. I don't think there's anyone who can hold her accountable. I mean, yeah, but they seemed, it wasn't even, it wasn't even like a modicum of, of like accountability where it was like, what you did was really messed up. Everyone's like, ah, run off. That was, that was going to be, I was going to save that for later, but that was one of my major issues with this episode. And I knew that the show was going to end this way. It became very apparent once they shifted gears and said it was Agatha all along. Um, that they very clearly wanted to establish a villain, someone to point your ire at, whereas Scarlet Witch is skating the responsibility for what she did twice. Yep. Because this also happened in Civil War where, you know, she killed people and, you know, it was it was fine. Um, this is this is that. And I really, really, really do not like that. Um, because when a character does not have to endure any repercussions for their actions, it removes the weight of what they did. And I very much felt like that, Phil, at the mm -hmm. end of the episode. Why is she just allowed to leave? Like, where are the Avengers? And that, and, and obviously, that's not the Avengers are not going to just appear yeah. in this ep in this episode, right? That's it's fine that they don't. But it does cause those questions to come up where she's just allowed to go away scot-free. Mm. She no no apparently no one's checking on her. She could do this again like yeah. this is a yep. massive massive problem. Yeah, Agatha, you, would, you, would, you would expect Monica having having had the exact opposite reaction of like right. it's okay, goodbye. You were a great friend. It's like no, hey, stop. Like we need to like figure out what just happened. Agatha is the opportunist here. All right. You know what she's doing? She's trying to capitalize on the events. It's a different kind of villain. Yeah. Wanda's still, albeit not intentionally necessarily, she is still performing a villainous act in this show. Yeah. And the fact that Monica is like, I would have done the same thing to bring my mom back is like, that shouldn't be the lesson here. The lesson <laughs> is you have to accept the reality of what's happening no matter how awful it is eventually right. yeah that should have been the lesson and that we had yeah. that we, we skirted that a little bit but like they really walked it back when it came to accountability because yeah Dawn's monica's, right. monica's line should be i understand but yes this is not the okay thing to so not like oh yeah i would have done it too it's not it's not how it should go yeah, yeah. we can sympathize but that doesn't mean that we can accept it. And, so, and, yeah, I think my thing with that is, it, and it, it kind of plays into um, something I talked about on the main show this week is like my comfortability with that being the that end of that thread is if it's actually the end of that thread, because there are a few comments made there, right? Like um, you said, Phil, like they kind of dance around it, where she's like, "Oh, like it doesn't matter that I'm sorry, right? Like nothing I could say is going to change the way that they see me." Right. Um, if that is something that matters later, then I'm okay with it, right? Like, if there is 
that conversation in Multiverse of Madness, right? Or or something else, right? Where there are uh, seeds of distrust sown between her and the Avengers. Um, or her and, you know, Doctor Strange immediately is like, whoa, like, you did that shit. Whatever, right? Like, if it, it is addressed later on in the way that her actions in... Um, you know, with the, the Sokovia Accords, right, kind of is like, well, she killed all these people and we need oversight and blah, blah, blah. Like, th- it did come to roost later. They, she was held accountable later. And not actually, but mm. narratively anyway. Really? I, I mean, like that's, she wasn't held accountable in any way. I think that's the intent, though, right, of that, of that act, right? The world responded to her actions, whether or not the, com- the superhero community holds her accountable. Well... I don't want to get into the weeds, but in the movie, they suggest that that was always going to happen. It's very similar to Civil War, the comic, where it was a thing that was going to happen either way. But they're advancing the agenda because of the fact that now it's like we have a a thing here that happened that we need to address immediately. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I see what you're saying. But, um, but, but to WandaVision, I do think it's implied that, you know, she's going to have to live with this. And that's a very hard thing to live with, but I don't think it goes far enough. Yeah, I mean, when you commit murder in the real world, that's a, something you like. That's something you have to really, that's something you have to live with. You took someone's life. There's obviously like a personal toll that, you know, heinous actions, uh, you know, there's, there, there's that, there's that toll. But you know, to people that were victims of, of crime, you know, they don't care about that personal toll you're taking. They want to see actual, you know, retribution, punishment, right. whatever you want to call it. And for me, uh, there is always the possibility that future films or, you know, whatever will deal with this. But I feel like, um, and this is something that, you know, these movies and television shows have to wrestle with, uh, it has to it has to work both ways. It has to work as yeah. its own thing, but also as a thing that will that will be built off of down the road. And so, um, the lack of repercussion or even the implication for me makes this ending dissatisfying from that perspective because it doesn't work on its own. Um, let's say the very next thing that happens in Doctor Strange is they're like, all right, you got to go to jail or she, he takes her to, you know, like the, you know, some, some other realm or something like that. That's fine. But people who don't go see that movie are left with WandaVision that didn't have that. Sure. Right. And that's the thing with media in general, right? Is that things should be self-contained enough. Like WandaVision can spill off into other things, but it has to be a narrative that's satisfying from episode one to episode eight. Like all those loose ends need to be tied together. Then coming back later to resolve what I think is a major element of the climax of this show, I don't think is narratively satisfying to me. Like I, two years from now, I don't care as much anymore. Well, there's there's uh, a lot. Come on though, like look at Empire. Like Empire ends on a cliffhanger. Is that less satisfying because the movie came out two years later? Like Empire. Empire, oh, strikes, Empire back. strikes Back. Yeah, like yeah, that ends in the middle the of the story. People. No. Would you say just <laughs> get that two year? I said for us as young people, we oh, didn't sure. get the hiatus. Yeah, it, it's a little different with like a movie that's a direct sequel to another movie. Like with the MCU, you know, it's all spread out. With and and with Empire, at least the narrative elements of the movie are all still self-contained. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there's there's so much more to talk about. So sure. let's 
let's shift let's shift gears because this episode again builds off of what we were left with last time and really what the promise was was we're going to see a smackdown between Scarlet Witch and Agatha Harkness and one yeah. thing that I really loved about their encounter here is that um it never it never says that Agatha is more powerful than Scarlet Witch it never it never tries to make us believe that only that she's smarter only that she's more capable in 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 terms of her awareness of her power set. Right. Um, And she's able to use Scarlet Witch's lack of knowledge against her. And then that, even that turns around and she, and we see that Scarlet Witch actually is, is, is really smart and she's able to use the small lessons that she's learned even within the last, like, you know, narratively like 20 minutes uh, to, to turn the tide. And I thought that that was really cool because Scarlet Witch is a character who um needs we need to know who she is what she's capable of in moments where she is pinned down how she deals how, with problems exactly it's not enough to be powerful you know um that's like the the captain marvel problem that people have talked about a lot since uh that character's debut what is this character made out of and i think that this series and this encounter specifically showed us what scarlet witch is made of yeah I agree. And I that's been the strength of this whole series in my mind. He's like actually like fleshing out Wanda to be a character that's as well developed as some of the other, you know, marquee characters that have been established in their own franchises, right? Because I walk away from this this series having an idea of who she is, what her values are, what what is important to her, what has she lost, what does she stand to gain, um, all those things, right? And then as well as things like how does she deal with uh, problems as they arise, like what what are the ways that she gets out of a jam? What are the creative ways she can leverage her abilities aside from just fucking, you know, being a, a powerhouse, right? Because like that's boring after a while, you know. Um, what's more interesting is like how can she best somebody who is more experienced and smarter, and you know, is. 12 steps ahead of her how does she catch up and close that gap right like Mm. that makes her a character that feels like unique and worth rooting for in a way that's like to me anyway more appealing than just like oh well she hits the hardest (laughs) right exactly um what did you guys think about the way that that encounter between agatha and scarlet witch goes um because in a lot of ways i felt like Everything that everything that Agatha said was like correct in a weird way. Like she was the villain, but what she was saying about Scarlet Witch, I found a lot of truth in what she was saying. Yeah, who's the real villain here? I mean, that's that. I think <laughs> that that trope aside, right? Uh, I I found that to be valuable because I think it yeah. speaks to what we're talking about and and this idea that like. Scarlet Witch is not – she has done some very unheroic things. Mm-hmm. And whether or not she is a hero or has the potential to become one, um, that's kind of immaterial, right? Like the fact that she has blood on her hands and has tortured people and caused trauma um, in ways that you know a hero should clearly not um, – that should make her a more dynamic and interesting character. 
and the fact that like her antagonist was able to lay those things at her feet and that she has that that responsibility and culpability at least in the eye of the viewer um to me made made their conflict more compelling she had to yeah, be provoked. I think, okay. I think using the people against her yeah. that you know she says all those things and then she sort of unlocks all the people from Wanda's spell I think that that's a really powerful way of fighting she can just sit back watch as they all tell thing and I think going back to the unheroicness of Wanda in that moment when she's so overwhelmed by these people and she's trying to say I didn't do that you were okay I tried to look after you. She then tries to strangle them all, which is so Dark. insanely messed up that it's Who's like the exactly. And again, it's it's emotional state, which is understandable but not forgivable. I still think she had to be coaxed into letting them go. You know, Agatha is like, or Agnes is like, uh, <laughs> she's like, isn't it a heroic thing to do to let him go? It's not well, until she says that. And like, what does she say too, right? She's like, oh, you're making her say that. Like, you're yeah. you're trying to mess with me. And it's like, no, like, you're the one, you're the one who's been fucking with these people. And you're the, the one the, who, you know, this woman hasn't seen her daughter in what, weeks or whatever, yeah, right? it's like, interesting that we find out that, and that clue that Pietro, fake Pietro, asked what she was doing with the kids. We yeah. got the answer to that <sighs> in that very dark piece of dialogue. <laughs> I was like, oh, she's just locking the children away. That's uh, that's great. And, and like then, the the way that the woman is like, could, could she be like friends with your kids or like the bullies? Yeah, you know, like yeah. that, like Wanda's the bad guy. Like and not for nothing, but what, what, what Wanda does to Harkness at the end is dark. Yeah. You will be yeah. the nosy neighbor. And that's like, it. and literally she's like, oh, like you're going to need me one day. And she's like, oh, I know you'll be here. She, she enslaves fucked up. She straps her she strips her away of her individuality, her human like everything that makes her a human. And like I also the end credit scene I feel super villainous. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So like I say though, I'm excited to see it. No, me <laughs> too. Me. And like that's that's kind of where I'm at with the whole like like I I, I agree with what you guys are saying in terms of like her not having ramifications but like what if she's the bad guy in multiverse of madness and not working with dr strange like what if she's destroying the fabric of the universe to try and get her kids back or whatever well she's done that in the comics too it's a it's a very plausible thing like that would be cool as fuck frankly (laughs) i i'm more i'm more okay with the things that happen in there in the finale narratively if it means that she's a villain it's just my Mm -hmm. issue is it feels like tonally the direction of the show is like this is all let's hand wave all this away yeah yeah Yeah. i oh man like i am all aboard the scarlet witch you know is the villain of, of dr strange train uh i just feel like in light of this show that would be a very weird thing to happen yeah, you're right um yep. and and then also right like without being able to know how that would resolve and we don't even know if that's what's going to happen i don't know if i want to lose her either right yeah yeah so it's, it's tough especially because i think um i also think that kind of plays into an unfortunate like trope about mental illness 
and trauma. Yeah. Right? That it's like, oh, Good right. Point. She's the damaged crazy woman. And, like, I think it would be a more satisfying narrative um, to have her overcome that and and become heroic and become a better person and try to make amends and whatever. Like, I think that's more narratively satisfying in terms of, like, you know, a hero arc, a hero's journey. Um, although it would also be, I think, it, both of them could be really cool is the fucked up thing. I kind of want both. <laughs> <laughs> but. Yeah. Um, can we shout out, by the way, Catherine Hahn's tremendous performance throughout this entire Catherine Hahn is fucking brilliant. And I love her, and I feel like I'm so glad that this show has put her, like, on more people's, like, radar as, like, a not-just-supporting character in some comedy that you've seen, you know? She's awesome. I think she's so fucking funny and talented. And it's funny because I thought that the casting was, was like, really Weird. smart hmm. um, at first because she had to play this, like, neighbor and she very much looks like that yeah. and i could see her working in different eras like like i could see her in that like workout um spandex that you remember from like the 80s and stuff but i could also see her as like a 50s friend yeah like the ethel um, mertz character exactly yeah and i didn't so much know how that would work once she became a villain but boy has she blown me away dude i love i love her portrayal of agatha and I'm so glad that they didn't take her off the board either. Um, right. Because, like, I want to see her come back. And that's something that the MCU does well when it feels like it is, mm -hmm. hey, you really like this, right? Well, there's a chance you might see it again. Yeah. it's coming. It's, uh, that chicken's going to come home to roost at some point. Like, they are going to fight again. <laughs> or something. Or something, yeah. <laughs> uh, so... Let's let's shift to the vision versus vision angle. Yeah. Uh, so white vision. White vision is fucking scary. That's what I want to start with. He creeped me the, the fuck out, dude. He's so he's so eerie looking. Yeah. White vision was awesome. Uh, he initially tries to um, uh, squeeze Wanda's head in. So fucked up. And I was frustrated by that because I feel like, I, like, in in the comics or whatever, based on Vision's power set, it would just happen. Like he wouldn't have to try because yeah. he can he can enhance his density. Sure. To the point, and and like White Vision doesn't care about her. Right. So I feel like she just would have instantly died. Yeah. But putting that aside, um, White Vision felt like a threat. Yeah, he was a threat. Like Im immediately, he was a threat. Right. And exactly. I, I I like that. Um, obviously, they pit him against Vision, right? You know, you're you're looking and fighting in in the mirror essentially, and uh, the the way that it resolves, I thought was really interesting because uh, it it reminded me of the Vision book club that we did, where in particular that's going to be the next iteration of Vision in my mind, but he's going to be emotionless. So he's, he's going to have those same kind of memories that um, uh, and experiences, but he's not going to have that emotion attached to it. Mm. And so it's going to be a different, it's going to be, um, I think that's going to play into later on with Wanda when she's like, oh, there's this other vision who is the same person, but there is no love between that. And I yeah. wonder how that relationship might turn out. 
Right. We saw that in Tom King's vision. Um, I actually thought the most interesting in the episode was in their conflict when, when um, the WandaVision vision quotes uh, the, the, the ship of Theseus. I uh, fucking loved that. Where, you know, neither are the true ship, but both are the true ship. I thought that was very uh, eloquently done to explain the root of their conflict. Especially because, like, to me, it again, it speaks to contextualizing the character in a way that matters, right? Like, yeah, Vision is super strong and he has all these powers, but he's also a robot and a, and a computer. So, like, he thinks like a computer and he's like, oh, why are you doing this? My primary directive is to just defeat Vision. So he just... He literally just puts him in an endless loop and beats him that way. Like, that's awesome. Like, that's way more satisfying than he crushed him. You know? Okay. Or they fuse or whatever. Okay, whatever. Right? I, 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 when he gives him that bit of his, you know, the memory or whatever, I was like, and he's like, oh, I'm Vision. I was like, oh, is he going to, like, is he going to go help now? And like, is that, but no, he just fucks off and disappears. And like, that's so much more interesting. Because it's (laughs) like, where the fuck did he go? Like. I thought he was going to like blow himself up at that moment because he's like, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that might happen too. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's a trope where you, uh, you present like an open-ended question to a machine and it malfunctions because it can't yeah. answer it. <laughs> that's like, the, it. Yeah. That's the hitchhiker's computer. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think that's super exciting. And it, to me, it's like the kind of stuff that the MCU does so well is like laying threads that could go in a few different ways. It's like when they do meet up, is there like, does he know who he is? Does he have those connection to any of his past? What does that mean when he does see Wanda for the first time? What does that mean when he encounters the Avengers again next? Um, You know, is he going to go and maybe go down the vision path and like try to, create a family is he gonna go like who knows right it could really be any of those things and i'm interested in any of them you know but i also like that i think the mcu has done a good job of um circumnavigating death in a way that doesn't feel cheap because he's now the third character they've done this with um it's the same thing that happened with loki it's the same thing that happened with gamora right where yes, those characters still exist, but they're not the version that we know. So whatever growth they've gone through or emotional connections they have with other characters are severed on one side. And that's super narratively satisfying, right? The fact that the Guardians have a movie about trying to find Gamora and Gamora doesn't know who they are or feel anything about them is like, oh, you can see how that's going to be narratively fulfilling. And I think this has set up those same stakes. I agree. Um, uh, to a degree, I think doing the same thing three times in a row is a little bit much. Um, That's fair. But I, but I do think with Vision, Vision's the only one of them who, in a vacuum, the storyline perfectly works. Yeah. Um, He's a machine. And, exactly. And, and we already know that, you know, based on the comics, uh, that there's so much meat on that bone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm so excited to see how that plays out. I think that's going to be super cool. And really, no matter what they do with it, it'll be interesting. Exactly. Yeah. It does It's just whatever happens will probably be compelling. Yep. Um, let's talk about the, the elephant in the room, which is, uh, Ralph Boner. <sighs> Sorry. I mean, Quicksilver. 
Sorry, I mean Evan Peters. Right. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, you need Quicksilver. What, what on earth was that all about? Speak about that, Jess. I don't know. What is there to say? It was <laughs> silly. All of these discussions we've had about, you know, combining the X-Men and the Fox universe with the MCU and oh what are they trying to do they're throwing us some threads oh how exciting and then it's just like it's just some guy locked up in a loft whose name is Ralph Bona and like it's not even funny that they just leave it at that because he goes ha ha Ralph Bona ha ha and it's just like god it is not funny when you just repeat it it's just yeah that that I think I I was okay with everything but that was just like pfft. yeah i don't know how you guys i i see you're all nodding along with the sentiment well we uh we had a conversation actually on our main show uh which you guys can go listen to right now well not right now but after this of course about um fan expectations and entitlement and the responsibility of studios to deal with that with those things and manage them uh in light of what happened here and, you know, a lot of people have been very upset. I include myself in that because um, it feels like they were just trolling. And, you know, we, we obviously we, but then also we, just the overall fans, we put a lot of thought and time and effort into, oh, this is so amazing. This is so cool. Like, I can't believe how cool this is. And then it's, it turns out it's not even cool. And then the resolution is not cool. And then it ends with a joke that's been played out for like 20 years at this point, maybe even longer. Boner, <laughs> you know, like that's so elementary. Um, it's just the like face that was you made when you said that. that killed me. It wasn't the boner joke. You're just like, <laughs> like uh, the way yeah, you contorted like, your face killed me. <laughs> who does that? Um, that was the lowest point of this series for me by a large margin. And it's not just because of how much. It was it was exciting and the doors it felt like it opened, but because even from a narrative perspective, they didn't even try to resolve it in a way. Well, that was exactly, compelling. and the fact that it was combined with what Monica was doing for that whole episode, which was nothing. It's almost a bit like they needed two characters that they had. They needed something to do with, so it's like okay, we'll put them fighting in a room. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> And she's only there to make to to make that moment exist. Like, how else would we? Yeah, and because at the end of last episode, when he takes Monica, you're like, "Oh, interesting. Okay, what is this?" And then it's nothing. He's there to set up the joke. Come on. Yeah. That that's what so she needed what to be there for. Like. And it it is a little disappointing. I have I have to say. It, all it was was a wet fart, man. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, Marco and I made this, uh, case on, on the show proper this week. Um, so go check out that full conversation. I don't want to retread too much of that ground. Um, but I just think for me personally, um, it, it doesn't bother me. And I, I know that I also like laid out the theory that it was probably neither a few weeks ago. And like, so I kind of had that expectation set for myself. Um, so take that with a grain of salt, right? If I didn't feel that way, I might be arguing differently now. Um, but I think for me, it was just, I, I don't think that that retroactively makes the conversations that we had and like the experience I had watching it week to week, um, something that feels cheapened for me. I just don't really like feel that way about narratives. Um, there are lots of stories that end poorly that I still like. Right. Mm -hmm. So like for me, it's just kind of like, 
it was nothing. It would have been cool if it was more. Um, but the fact that it wasn't, it just, uh, I don't know, it just doesn't bother me that much. Well, I, I do also wonder, to give them a little credit, if maybe COVID was the problem with the actors too, and maybe they hadn't filmed the scenes that were supposed to happen there, and they just had to work with whatever they had. But to me, I would just cut it if it was if it was that case. But I, I don't know. We don't know what happened in the production scales. I think the fact that it did fall into COVID times does make a difference. We have to bear that in mind, but yeah, I don't know. So from what I read, uh, Ev- the Evan Peters thing, that whole story was planned a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Like they okay. always knew that they were going to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, to your point, we don't know if it was supposed to end that way exactly, like the way that that scene was framed and the specifics of that scene, but the the twist itself and it not really mm-hmm. being a thing mm-hmm. was always the agenda. Yeah. Was was the room that he was in the same from uh, First Class? think so. Right? <laughs> Fuck. That's actually really interesting. I want to yeah. go back and watch that now just to compare. That, that's yeah, exponentially more awful. <laughs> I, have to say. I think that would be so fucking it, funny. It looked like he had the guitars in there. He had like the little shitty TV and stuff. I well, think he had like a pinball machine. I think, I think yeah, movie. he had a yeah. pinball machine. Yep. Yo, that would be so fucking funny. Ooh, man. That would be funny. Um, Yeah, you know, I don't know. It, I, I definitely get your frustration. Um, But I think for me, it was just like, it was one red herring among many. So one of the other things, and again, speaking as someone who theorizes a lot, uh, one of the other things that I noticed was that the commercials didn't actually uh, end up mattering. Yeah. I figured that um, would be the case. Yeah. And again, but, I think that might be something that comes up later. Yeah, because like, what does mattering mean? Because like, they all were nods to things, right? Because like, the first commercial was the toaster the Stark toaster, right, with the beeping, that came home to roost later. That was the bomb in their apartment, right? Um, so I, I think... Give me three more. <laughs> I, I remember three more of them. Because um, there was what? There was the... There was the, hy- there was the soap. The Hydra uh, soap. That was the Hydra soap, right? Mm-hmm. The there was... The Nexus, the Nexus thing, which that... That's most likely going to come through later right yeah. the 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 yogurt on the yogurt it just seemed like they're a bunch of you know i don't remember well, you know what like it is supposed to be in the frame of a sitcom and i think it worked even if it doesn't mean anything ultimately i think it was a fun touch and um, a, a way of nodding details to the fans that would know those details i'm so glad you said that so we see through the show through episode eight that Wanda experiences these classic television shows via DVD. So at what point does she see these commercials that she's fabricating in her mind? <laughs> it's the extras. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my or God. it's the, um, the anti-piracy. <laughs> yeah. So at the beginning of the DVD, do you remember those in the, in the like early two thousands and it was like a policeman knocking on your door because you watched a pirate DVD. <laughs> 
I remember um, there was that one really good one that was just like, you wouldn't steal a car, so why would you yeah. steal a movie? And it's like, that's not the same fucking thing. <laughs> anyway, Isn't we are it, not though? advocating for piracy on this show, but we are advocating for... Sean hates pirates. Uniforms. We would never advocate for piracy. <laughs> I hate pirates and I hate theft, so there you go. They, those commercials so. worked on me. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> no, okay. So much so that I'm probably the only person you can think of that absolutely never used LimeWire. There you go. Or wow. any of its derivatives. Yeah. That's very impressive. Um, Thank you. Can we talk that. about the uniform? Because the uniform is... Very cool. Yo. Yes. That new costume yes. is fucking lit. It looks so good. It's I know. So, and like, I also, I think the design in it too is also really harkens back to um, Black Widow's costume and to Hawkeye's costume with the, the black with the color traces. I really thought of those oh. when I was like, oh, yeah, okay. That's her ensemble Avengers fit mm. together. It's great. It's, it's so, so cool. It's just yeah. cool to finally see her in the costume, too. Yeah. You know? Like, uh, her design, it's never been bad, but it feels so, like, of a time, right? It very much reminds me of that, like, early 2000s where it's like, it, it's comic books, but, like, not really. Like, it kind of looks like her costume, but, like, we're not going to put her in the dopey headdress and everything. Comics, it's like, yeah, but we'll, cool. We'll put her in a, a red leather coat. Don't <laughs> yeah. worry about it. Or, like, with Hawkeye, right? Like, they won't let him have his fucking dumbass hood because he's got to be in, like, leather. It's like, no. Like, I want her to have the headdress, all right? Like, you can make it look cool. And they did. She looks fucking badass. Yeah, it made me faint, okay? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, please. I mean, this is a little crass, but I'm allowed to say it because I'm a woman, you guys aren't. But, like, her boobs in that first one, we were all like, oh. But then her whole body in this one is like, damn. Yeah, I fainted. Like, just beautiful, <laughs> beautifully fitted. May I may I say that it's very nicely fitted rather than making it too crass about yes. it? Because it's just, it's just very much. Let's just say I endorse that opinion, Jess. Sure. Jess, I agree that you, with your statement that her boobs are very nice. Oh my god! <laughs> <All right. laughs> I love how Sean had somewhere to go, and he's like, ah, whatever. <laughs> No, I, 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 uh, I appreciate you pointing that out, Jess. <laughs> Just saying, I like that it was the authentic Sokovian fortune uh -huh. teller's costume, oh. right? Oh, it's yeah. right, right. It's uh -huh. comics accurate, and that's what uh. it's important about. It's not that Elizabeth Olsen is sexy. It's that they're honoring the comics, guys, okay? <laughs> Pinocchio over here. But no, it was, it's a, besides how great she looks in it, it's a really great costume. I think they've modernized it very, yes. very nicely. Yeah. I think it looks cool. I wish it had been a slight bit more red, but um Yeah. And then I noticed I remembered that her, her little car that she had. It's not a little car, it's a car. But it it's also red now and oh, cause they're never gonna notice a, a, a scarlet <laughs> witch in a red car as she drives away from town. Oh, oh. <laughs> uh yeah, and that's one of the things that I, I did love about the show is that they never treated her like I, someone brought it up when they when they did the Scarlet Witch naming. Mm -hmm. I think it was actually Marco in the Discord, but um, they never they didn't make it feel silly or goofy or or dumb or anything like that. Like yeah. her putting this costume on That's didn't cool. feel like we we have to do this. Otherwise, yeah. you know, it just felt cool to me. Yeah, it it could have been a Loki the way he 
puts his horn he magics his horns into his mm. costume when he get when he's getting ready for a fight. It could have been that, which I think would have been really dumb. <laughs> yeah, I, it had it, it just had more drama to it. You know, it had it had like real gravitas, and it felt like. Um, I mentioned, I think, last week that, like, I, I started rewatching the MCU stuff, and, like, it gave me the same vibe as, like, the first time I remember seeing uh, Robert Downey in the Iron Man armor, where you're just like, oh, like, no, like, they're going for it. Like, we're just, we're going the distance on this one, finally. And I, I think there's, there's something in superhero stories in general about kind of earning that mantle and earning your costume, and it's the moment when you decide to become a hero. And I know this goes against what we've been saying about Scarlet Witch, but it's the moment when you decide that you are going to step up and you embrace the costume. You know, we have so many examples of people just putting on a costume and not being ready for it. But I think the moment when you see their true costume is that's the moment they're stepping up to yeah. what that's going to be, which I think is really cool. And I think that she, she made that decision for herself by getting in that fight and kind of, triumphant in her own way that she is like okay this is this is me now well and i think it's interesting too because i think it kind of like it works on both a narrative and kind of a meta narrative level for me where mm -hmm. she's a character who has been in the background and i feel like at least from my perspective right <clears throat> she has felt like a character who just like things just happen to they just like, oh, here's the next trauma she has to endure. Here's the next thing. And it never felt like she was much of an actor in her own story. Like, it was very much like she's this kid who has her parents killed, and then she's radicalized, and then she's an agent of Hydra, and then she becomes an Avenger. And it's just constantly her getting swept up in, like, the next event in her life yeah. rather than in this story where she finally takes charge and like recognizes her her destiny or whatever right like that mm -hmm. she's the scarlet witch and you know her job is to understand and control this power that up until now you know it's just been like oh whatever you know i have powers sure everybody has powers it's bigger than that and 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 you know what you just said pete like i wish that the show had done more to sell that because mm -hmm. I feel like it's it undercuts itself when in the same episode that she is accepting this destiny, like you said, she also still has to be convinced that this whole WandaVision thing shouldn't be and that mm -hmm. these people need to be released. And like that shouldn't after all of this that's happened, I don't feel like that should still be where her head is at mm. um and i just i i feel like maybe it needed another episode to get her on that journey because up until the last episode with with agatha like what happens what happens in wandavision if agatha never if she was just a real neighbor yeah. if she, if she's not the catalyst to what ends up happening does Wanda just go on like this forever? I don't know. The thing is, you can't Probably. really say because, like, her and Vision had started to clash and, like, she was losing control. and I don't know, but that's a good – it's a good point. Um, the point stands. Even, like, think, even if – sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I think she needed the catalyst of those people actually speaking to her because she could convince herself 
that they were fine and that she was giving them a nice life and you know there was no issue in that right exactly and it i i it's hard for me it like as much as i loved the moment of her reclaiming herself and 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 all that it's hard for me to fully embrace it because it wasn't her heroics that brought her to this place it wasn't some like inherent learning that took place it wasn't i need to do this because it's right it was hey do you not realize what you're doing it was hey i have your kids um i'm gonna you know like you should just like stay here and i'll i'll let you have your kids and if 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 it took too much yeah to convince her that what she was doing was wrong. I don't know. Like, I, I get where you're coming from, but I think for me, like, I didn't walk away feeling that way because I, I kind of came down on it or jested where it feels like her bargaining with herself that, like, I'm not a bad person. Like, I didn't do this bad thing. I didn't make this decision consciously. You know, this just kind of happened. And I was really helping you. I was trying, you know, whatever. And, like, it, the fact that it's also wrapped up in the fact that her accepting that what she's done is wrong and that it has to stop also goes hand in hand with giving up her family. Um, doesn't justify it, but it allowed me to empathize with her position. I'm out real quick. I got a dip. All right, man. Yeah. Uh, just say your goodbyes. Okay. Um, well, it was a wild ride here on WandaVision eight episodes. I wonder what's next. With that, I have to go. So just like the White Vision, I got to go figure out my destiny. Just like Wanda, I have to figure out my destiny now. I right, go fly out of the library. We'll see you next time. <laughs> Bye. See you, bud. Um, yeah. Can we also talk about the the twins? Because we, we, so, we were so convinced about, you know, what was going to happen. I was so convinced, Sean. You've convinced me so much. They're absolutely going to be around. That I really like when the house dissolves around them. I really expected the kids to just like drop from the floor <laughs> above, and I was like, "Oh, it didn't happen." Oh, that's a shame because I really just expected like the house to dissolve and them to just drop and be like, "Well, mom, what?" Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, I wanted that for Wanda, but I never was convinced that that was going to be the case, especially because of what we saw happen with Vision. Yeah. Um, and, and I think in the context of the post credit scene, right, I feel like my theory about what Multiverse of Madness is going to be about, like, that feels like a... You could take that to the bank at this point as far as I'm concerned. I also, in terms of, like, how long they were actually parents for... And, you know, they were tucking them in to say goodbye and how proud of them and everything. And I was like, they've been parents for like three days. And Vision's been gone for two. He saw them be born. He saw them turn into five-year-olds. And then he stormed off. Like They're still their children, Jess. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So are you telling me that the day after you met Blake that you didn't feel attached to him? It's, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying it was just it just felt really funny to me that they were having this really heartfelt <laughs> conversation about all the things they'd done as a family, and I was like, "You really haven't." <laughs> Remember the Halloween episode? <laughs> Blake is killing Justin's dog, by the way. Thank yeah, you, Sean. Probably should have um, clarified that. Yeah, I uh, I felt similarly, kind of. I don't know if let down is the right word, but just like, wow, really? The kids are gone. Um, but I'm not, this doesn't change anything. 
because I, I still believe, and I don't think there's any possibility that those kids are not going to be characters yeah. uh, in the MCU. Definitely. Yep, agreed. Um, and I mean, we see it in the, in the post-credits scene too, yep, that we exactly. can hear them screaming for their mom. Mommy. Right. Mommy, and I, I'm mommy. pretty sure that I said that one way or another, those kids were going to be involved. Um, I know. I just, I just really had this strong picture in my mind that they'd still just be there and that they'd just fall on top of her from <laughs> the floor above. No. Just, Wanda <laughs> can have nothing. <laughs> no. Nothing. Oh. <laughs> so, what do you guys make of the uh, the after credits scene that we saw? Because for me, I know Pete, you said like you feel like it establishes a villainous turn. Um, Potentially, anyway, I think it has villainous energy. Mm-hmm. I was. I'm interested to hear what you guys say because I was unclear as to what exactly she was doing. Like, I think it. I felt as though there were a lot of ways it could have been going. Like Mm -hmm. she could have been trying to learn more about herself. Mm -hmm. Um, She could have been trying to figure out what, how to get the kids back or if there was a way to, to, to get them back. Um, I felt like she could have been trying to find out more about Agatha and where she came from and where the where magic comes from. Yeah. Which Mm -hmm. opens up a door to Kathan, who is of course the person who created the book. Um, so yeah, I felt like there were a few ways that it could go. Uh, where did you all land with that scene? Uh, to me, yeah. it's literally all of those things. I, I think for me, it was more distinctly her attempt to use the book to learn how to bring back her kids. Um, like that was like, yes, all those other things could be, would be possible, but I think those are ancillary outcomes to her like her the main priority of but i need to figure out how to actually make my kids material yeah to me it's that all of those things are in service of that goal right like i believe that she is using the book to learn about magic and learn about her powers and learn about how agatha learned how to do the things that she did but i think all of those are in support of her becoming a powerful enough witch that she can bend reality to her will and, and return her children yeah and going into then Multiverse of Madness, how do you guys feel about the idea that she's the cause of things being awry in, in the multiverse, if that's the direction that they go? I think it's pretty likely. Um, just based on that scene, right? My takeaway from that scene is she's trying to find a way to connect with her children, right? Like Jess said, they're calling out to her. She's there. That feels like a pretty clear indicator of where her head is at. And the idea that she learns how to bend reality does so. And then shit gets thrown out of whack. And Dr. Strange as the sorcerer Supreme is like, Oh no, this is my job to stop this. And then they either come into conflict and she's the villain of that movie or probably the more likely scenario in my mind is that it's the classic superhero trope, right? Of, Doctor Strange comes and confronts her. They fight. And then she's like, but my children. And he's like, okay, I'll help you. This is a worthwhile goal. We can probably bring your kids back without destroying the universe. And then maybe they work together. Right? I don't know. That seems like the likelier scenario than the more extreme reality that could play out. But Yeah, I don't know that she's going to be the catalyst for all that. Just because... Even even with all the power that she has, right? Like, 
um, and supposedly being more powerful than the Sorcerer Supreme, like all that aside, he Strange was able to enter an alternate plane, right? Uh, to fight or to just go see Dormammu. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think that she's probably gonna. I don't know that she's gonna like rip the fabric apart. I think she's gonna poke in and out of other realities to find one where she has where those kids exist and bring them back because that's something along the lines of infinity war and Endgame, where they came in to these alternate people and have brought people back from other timelines or other alternate realities. Um, I think it's going to be that where she's on the chase and uh, strange is after her because there needs to be some sort of repercussion for what happened due to the magic that she used and the fight that she had with Agatha. Well, we know what the Darkhold is, which is the book that she was reading from. Right. And the book itself is again created by Kathan. And it's the door, it's it's essentially the doorway to him entering this realm. So, and it also, by the way, makes the reader crazy. So mm-hmm. I feel like just her reading it, just her opening it up and and using it. Um I think Pete has to be right because in the comics, you don't read that and not lose it. Um, and she's dealing with extreme power on her, uh, in her own right, yeah. let extreme alone what extreme emotion as well. Right, yes. Yes, exactly. Extreme emotion, uh, grief is powerful. And that's kind of what the show's ultimately trying to say. And that might, that, that feels like the, the main thing that's going to carry over from this show into the future yeah. is that. I wouldn't be surprised if she is played as the antagonist until Doctor Strange can like help her clear the darkness, and then they got to stop Kathan, right? Something like that. Mm-hmm. I think that makes a ton of sense, personally. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Fucking old gods, man. Can't trust them. Can't trust them. That's why they were banished in the first place. <laughs> so that leaves us at the end. That's Monica. That's that's the show. Oh, yeah, the, the mid credits. Yeah. Yeah. Um, basically, she's she's met with a a, a scroll, yep. who uh, has a message for her that someone wants to see her. Now, it could be Nick Fury, but it could also be uh, the other scroll who's played by Ben Mendelsohn, whose name I can't immediately recall. Uh, yeah. Th- Thalos. Thalos. Yes, yeah, I, yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. Uh, um. She specifically oh. says that I I came from an old friend of your mother's, so it could easily be him, it could be Fury, or it could be Captain Marvel, right? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I think that she said he, though. Didn't yeah. she say Oh, he, yeah, no, you're right, he? you're right. Yeah. Totally. Oh, okay. Which is, that's why I thought Fury, Secret War, like, or Secret Invasion, did it again. Um, I'm wondering if that's the connective tissue there, right? That, like, there's some problem, Captain Marvel is otherwise indisposed, Monica Rambeau now has powers. Nick Fury needs a new heavy hitter. There we go. I think that's possible. Uh, Captain Marvel 2 will 100% feature Monica Rambeau. So depending on the release schedule of those, I think, you know, her next appearance will certainly be in one of those. Yeah. That that strikes me as true. Which, um, I'm, that sounds great. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I mean, more of Monica. Put her in more shit. Yeah, she's cool. I like her. The scene gave her a new mission, but it didn't. It didn't feel like um, 
it didn't do anything to assuage how I already felt about her not having a proper narrative conclusion in this episode. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I, I agree with that. Um, for me, it's more like as somebody who had like literally no familiarity with the character and has now become a fan through the show. I'm like, I'm excited that there's more for her to do because she was she was compelling and like the idea of her maybe um, like stepping into the front in one of those shows or, or whatever, like it's something that I, I'm, I'm interested in, like her being a supporting player in Captain Marvel two or whatever. That's fine. Um, but I would love to see her like maybe be like a co-lead, uh, in, in that show with like a Nick Fury or a scroll character or whatever. And like, she gets to be a little bit more front and center. Cause like, obviously the kind of, uh, journey that she is, that she starts on in, in WandaVision, right. Is that like, She's been gone, and she wants to get back in the field, but they ground her. And then now she has this opportunity to go back to space, which is where she is, you know, most comfortable and where she wants to be. So um, the idea of her, like, potentially uh, playing, like, a more, you know, A-tier a member of the cast in, like, a cosmic story like that um, seems like a, a logical next step for that character if you do want to, you know, put her over as, like, an A-lister. And maybe still holding out hope, uh, it could be a Mister Fantastic. Right. Oh. Oh. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that was that was the other thing was like they kept talking about that stupid engineer, and it ended yeah. up being just nobody, just some like, lady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was. I'm very ready to move on from this show for reasons. Yeah, like I that. think they know they know how to play us. Yeah. Easily. Sure. Yeah, but it's like That's for what to what do. end? Yeah. Just, Flex, just man. Putty, we're putty in their hands. They know yeah. we're gonna buy and watch every single thing they produce. So I would, I would be a lot saltier about that if they didn't already announce a Fantastic Four. Like the fact that we know a Fantastic Four movie is imminent. I'm like, all right, whatever, fine. You fucking assholes. <laughs> I, <laughs> I actually didn't even want it to be Reed Richards. Uh, I felt like that yeah. would have been a lame way to introduce that character mm-hmm. um, in a TV show versus a movie. I, I just didn't really want that, but it just felt like they were gearing towards something. And then of course it was nothing, which is a lot of this show. Um, but I think that for, for what it was as a meditation on grief and mourning and the ways in which we can allow ourselves to do things in those moments of pain that could be harmful in a way that um, often happens in life, unfortunately, and wrestling with the realities of those things. I think the show uh, did a really good job of using Scarlet Witch's grief to tell that story. Um, Did it resolve everything in a way that I was satisfied with? No. Uh, do I think that it served the characters? Yes, I do. Not fully. I think there were mistakes made for Scarlet Witch, for sure. We talked about that. We've outlined all that. Um, but at the end of the day, as a first try for a show like this, uh, I think it was a success. And I'll be very interested to see how they build on this with Falcon and Winter Soldier, which starts in two weeks. Damn, so, already? Yeah, they don't give us much of a break, do they? I know. <laughs> no. I saw that Disney cover image, and I was like, oh. I um I yeah I would say I echo pretty much all of your points there Sean like I I really loved this show I found it to be really satisfying in terms of uh an experiment with the MCU's house style and doing something that was fresh as a a long time uh insomniac uh I love sitcoms 
Um, and I I got a lot out of that uh, meta textual kind of like love letter, but also deconstruction. Like that mechanical element of the show was like absolutely uh, not lost on me in terms of of really giving me something to connect with, even outside of the fact that I like Marvel superheroes and I have connection to that world as well. Um, so it, that was super rewarding for me as a viewer, and, and I love the show for that. And the ways in which uh, it led to really fun, engaging conversations here was something that like I genuinely looked forward to every week, and I will miss a lot. Um, and I don't think that we'll probably get that same level of engagement out of... Um, you know, Falcon and Winter Soldier, it seems a little more straightforward. So not to say that I'm not excited for that, but I don't know that it will connect with me specifically as strongly because of how much the show exists in a perfect Venn diagram of some of my interests. Um, so that said, right, for for all of the, the things that it could have done better for the failings that do exist or whatever, um, I really found a lot to love in the show. And I feel lucky that considering the MCU is so culturally dominant and that it seems like it's not going anywhere, um, that they're finding ways to breathe new life into it and, and maintain an interest for me. Um, because I would hate for there to be, uh, this show coming out and I just feel nothing about it. You know, I would hate to feel that cynical about the MCU. Um, and I think the fact that they're still finding new ways to, you know, um, push this universe in new directions and challenge themselves to do stuff that's weirder and more ambitious is something that uh, excites me as a fan that's still following, you know, 12 years into this fucking thing. Yeah, I, I echo a lot of Pete's sentiments. I think the one thing that this show has gotten me excited for in terms of other material is Loki because now I don't know to what extent they can push boundaries there. Uh, I agree that Falcon and Winter Soldier looks a little more straightforward, but Loki is for me feels like an opportunity and one that post WandaVision I'm I'm willing to explore and looking forward to. Jess, any final words since that appears to be what we're doing? I just uh yeah, I I really enjoyed the ride the full way through. Like you said, Sean, like there was a, a couple of kind of stumbling blocks in it. But as a as a as you've all said, an experiment was very very good, very well done. I thoroughly enjoyed the sitcom aspect. I thoroughly enjoyed this examination of this character who I've loved for a very very long time and always wanted to see more of. And I I'm a bit actually more skeptical than you guys about the next things. I I really think nothing is going to top this because it was so unique and its format was so different than everything else i think we're going to go back to the same old rubbish basically and i i don't know i i i really keep coming back to my feeling after like one division closed and seeing you know all the 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 cover image for um for loki and for winter soldier and falcon and i was just like oh, i just i'm just tired of this like i want <laughs> what i want to see is the fresher characters like Monica Rambeau and like we were gonna get the the Squirrel Girl series, we're gonna get the um the Miss Marvel series. Those are the things I want now. I'm sort of 
done with the first team of Avengers and I kind of want want the newer, fresher stuff. I'm yeah, still going to watch it, though. They've got me. so I'm always <laughs> You'll be back in two weeks with thing. the rest of us. <laughs> yeah, and that's the other thing, too, is this this just constant thing, like only two weeks between the shows, and then Loki is probably going to be right after that. That's in June, um, right? That's mm-hmm. in June, so yeah. it's probably going to be that that one finishes, and then off we yeah. go again. And Doctor Strange is coming out in that as well, too. I'm just tired. <laughs> <laughs> we had a whole year off, Jess. You better get ready. <laughs> no, we want more of a respite from that. She remembers now how much of a grind it was. <laughs> In a way, Scarlet Witch is Marvel, and we are all stuck in a proverbial Westview <laughs> and can't get out. Very because no matter what they do, we'll still be here. Yeah. And so we say goodbye, but not really, because we'll be back with Falcon and Winter Soldier. Sean, would you say that it'll be safe to say that we'll say hello again? Yeah. Not we actually Jersey. will be. Damn, fuck, you're um, right. We're not going to go back to... Well, with Kamala, though. When Kamala comes hello, out, we're going back yeah. to Jersey. What's hello, up? Yeah. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> Thank you guys for joining us on this ride. It's been a pleasure. We appreciate you. Uh, let us know your thoughts about the finale. Were you satisfied? Uh, to what varying degrees were you maybe not as satisfied? Let us know whatever you're feeling about it in the comments of wherever you're listening to us. If you want to write in, you can do so at the comicspals at gmail.com. And uh, if you want to join our Discord server, a link is in the description so you can come hang out with us as well. Remember that the Comics Pals is a weekly podcast where we're talking about all things comics, the characters themselves as they... Uh, move out into multimedia anything where you can see these characters we're talking about it so with that we're the comics pal signing off from westview take care guys bye goodbye i'm gonna do it again see you in two weeks